Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swim. You did one hell of a job, and only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Jawan? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday again after a very successful Sunday. Not only did my Cowboys win, but we also won in my bowling league as well. Uh, we are coming for the championship. I mean, I know it's a 30-week season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But uh, we're coming for blood this year. So, yeah, uh, successful Sunday. Uh, and so far, a pretty good Monday as Raw has been, I would say, one of the better Raw shows I've seen in some time. Um, I like how the commentators are getting a little bit less, uh, you know, less, less PG. I, I love how... The word uh, beta cuck was used on live television. That was pretty cool. Uh, the whole Maria Canellis, um, who's the baby's father, angle is is uh, interesting. I mean, it, it's it's you know, it's a tiny bit vanilla, but it's it's better than anything that they've come out with recently in terms of uh, the non PD and and you know. Morning. So, uh, and uh, we we were also crowned tonight. For those of you again, spoiler alert: if you're not watching Raw, we have been crowned a new King of the Ring. All hail King Corbin! So once again, uh, go on and check out the Raw, uh, you know, replay if you missed it or if you're gonna miss it. Uh, but we are here live with you, Big Swing. We got Icon here with us as usual as well as Granny Hulkster. I am doing a little double today. The station, you know, obviously we carry the Yankees, but we also carry the Jets. Uh, Jets on Monday Night Football here tonight. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be bouncing around. Uh, so, if I'm not here, I will be working the board, however. Um, but how, hey, guys. How, are you guys uh, how are you guys doing? Well, the, well there the real is good news. There is good Go news. ahead, Icon. I interrupt you, but I will say this. Uh, 
You know, I know you're doing double duty, so, you know, uh, just like I do on the Sunday night show, I will carry this one, too. Oh, boy. Well, I was going to let you all know, Doug Masters called me this afternoon, and he'd been in the hospital again for the past couple weeks, but he was going to try to call in tonight to the show, so I don't know if he'll make it or not, but he said he was going to try. Well, he's having an awful lot of uh, awful lot of trouble with that ankle, isn't he? Well, I don't think this time of him being in the hospital had anything to do with the ankle-related issues. I think there was something else that was going on. Well, so our prayers needs to go best. out to Doug Masters. You know, we, we wish him the best. You know, because you know he is, uh, you know, he is going to be a guest at my wedding. So, uh, you know, uh, and uh, the, you know, the cool thing is, uh, I had a couple other celebrities uh, to the uh, guest list. Uh, Victoria Redstall, who was a guest last week, uh, she is uh, going to make an appearance at the wedding. So, uh, and also. Uh, the Golden Boy, who was a guest on our show last night, uh, is also going to be uh, uh, coming out to the wedding. So, uh, you know, you guys are invited, and hopefully you guys will be able to make it uh, because, um, you know, uh, we'd, uh, we, we do plan on doing the show live from the from the festivities. So, uh, we'll have well, are you going to have, um, are you gonna have uh, Sherman Linton at the wedding? Uh, he is, uh, he's getting, he's getting an invitation, uh, so hopefully he'll be able to make it. Well, I mean, maybe he can perform or something. Sherwin and Pam Linton, yeah. That'd be pretty awesome. But, you know, guys, real quick here, I just want to let everybody know, you know, we do have a big show tonight. Uh, we have, uh... It's always a big a show. Lot of, yeah, we have a very big show tonight, uh... We have the vivacious, vicious Vicky on tonight. We have former Miss America, Jan Jenkins. And we have the gal that made Roadhouse, the big box office winner that it is, Julie Michaels on tonight. So... I, I talked about this show. It's going to be a great show, and I'll tell you what: it's definitely, it's definitely going to be a lot better than that uh, imitation wrestling show that appears on Sunday nights uh, up there north of the border. Up there, you mean the uh, the second best wrestling show on the internet? That is what I'm talking about. The second best, yes. And I will nice. say this. Last uh, last night we had two different toilet flush individuals. I can't say guys anymore because the one happened to be a female, and she had mentioned she took a pot shot at me, saying that, uh, you know, how can you say that you got the best show when everybody knows that garbage show is the best? I said, uh, I, I think not, that all of a sudden the toilet flush. And I hmm. said, hey. Uh, JG, there's your career going down the going down the drain there. Well, maybe he's uh, maybe he's paying people to do the toilet flush thing. Although I don't know because I mean it's the Canadian currency, so I, I you know it's it's I, I don't know if that's of any value to anybody that doesn't you know live in Canada. But well, it could be. I I don't know. You know, it could be. Although I, I think. 
I have to check the exchange rate. The Canadian dollar, weirdly enough, the Canadian dollar might be worth more than the U.S. dollar is nowadays. It used to be, but it's not anymore. Let's it check it when, out. Uh, it was when George W. Bush was in office, but now I think we uh, we have the dollar over. I think. Well, now we have we have uh, Emperor Trump, and he's turning this economy around. Uh, let's see. Canadian. If that's, if that's what you call it. Uh, well, yeah, I would call over a million uh, created jobs uh, a turnaround. Um, one U.S. dollar. Yeah, that's because, what, point, that's because of what Obama signed into, not because of him. One point three three Canadian dollar. I mean, I'm not going to go into politics, but I mean, unemployment was the highest it's been in forty years under Obama. But I'm not going to go into that right now. Um, one point three three Canadian dollars is one U.S. dollar. So it's, it's it's close, but it's not. You know, it's not. Uh, it's not what it was. Um, so, so that's good. So, so, so Jordan, if you are paying people for the toilet flush thing, pay them in American dollars. They're, they're worth a little bit more to you that way. Yeah. So our our first guest should be calling in here in about uh, five minutes. So uh, sure. we'll get ready for that. And uh, now, Icon, I got no, a question I, to ask you. I got a question to ask you. When you mentioned the Golden Boy that you had on Jordan's show last night. I, because I know a Golden Boy wrestler, but I don't know if it's the same one that was on your show last night. Well, it's it's not my show. Uh, I don't. Well, like that's uh, not. I, that's not that was on Jordan's show last night. I don't know if it's the same one that I know. Uh, well, um, let's see. Uh, the the thing is, you know, I uh, I will. Uh, I will take credit for getting guests for, uh, it, you know, it was, you know, Dr. Jim Golden Boy McDowell uh, is who it was. Okay, no, I don't, that's not the one that I, that's not the one that I know. I do know a Golden Boy, but that's not the one that I know, so. I mean, I, I, I will take all the credit, and I deserve all the credit for getting all the guests for his show, because I have been, and, but I will not take credit for any train wrecks. Ah. I see. Well, wait a minute. So, what if the guest, what if the guest comes on, right? And it is an icon booked guest. It does have the icon approved stamp on it, and uh, it turns into a train wreck. What, what, what happens then? Well, that uh, that does not happen because okay. the icon makes sure it does not. Well, that's good. And Where's it's very my... possible that, you know, JG may uh, call in later. If he does, we'll, we'll sure to welcome him in. Uh, that doesn't mean that we'll let him stay on the phone. We may have to hang up or, you know, put him on hold or stop a midway sentence. But if he calls in, sure, he's welcome to. That's just the way it is. I will say this. Yeah. I'm kind of proud of this, and hopefully you guys will be able to join us the last Sunday in September for Jordan's show because we're going to have Garrett Bischoff on that show, which happens to be Eric Bischoff's son, and I would like you guys to join me on that, and we'll take over his show because I'm the one that will be the guest. 
we're going to have Garrett Bishop on for 45 minutes. So that'll be fun. Uh, if you guys heard that little phone, that phone thing, thing, that was uh, something that was going on in the studio here. I that mute it. Um, well, that's cool. So, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to uh, talking to one of the Bischoffs. I mean, you know, I, I love Eric Bischoff. I know a lot of people don't, but I'm, I'm a big Eric Bischoff fan. Um, and, I actually you know, got I'm, to meet Eric Bischoff at a book signing several years ago here in Northwest Arkansas in Springdale, where I live. Several How years was ago, he was very nice. I I was very impressed. I uh, I bought his book. I bought a copy of his book, and he autographed it for me. And um, he was he was very very cordial. I was I was really surprised. I I was really impressed with his with his attitude was it, and the way was he treated the way he or white hair Eric Bischoff. No, it was the white haired. White-haired Eric Bischoff. Yeah, when he had the white hair. So, but I, I was very impressed with his attitude and how he treated the fans that came to the book signing. I, I was very impressed with it. Nice, nice. Well, now was this when he was still uh, with WWE doing the general manager role, or was this after all that? No, this was actually. I don't even remember because the bookstore that he was at is now closed, and that's been closed probably about four or five years. So it was before then. So I'm not even sure he was even doing anything with WWE at that time. Well, all I I can say is that he certainly turned around SmackDown because. I mean, I, I know he was doing his podcast at the time. He was. That was one thing he was doing. That's true. And as a matter of fact, on JG's show, we had his co-host. Uh, and watch for, watch the board because our guests will be calling in. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, we had uh, his co-host uh, Conrad Thompson on. Uh, I, I I got that guest on for Garber as well. That was a great interview. So I guess you'd be so calling in to be, be watching. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on the uh keep an eye on the switchboard. Hey, are we gonna see a steel chair used in the ring here? This is interesting. Oh look, it's the man. Oh hey, I saw somebody walking around the other day uh with a the man t shirt on. And I was like, wow, I, I've never actually seen somebody wear the shirt. But uh, it was a guy, actually, who had hair that was almost as long as hers. It wasn't red, though. But I was like, wow, all right. So people are actually buying into this merchandise right now. So, but, uh, yeah, but I think I think the women's division, the fact that they have two heels, and I think the fact that they made Bailey a heel is uh, very interesting because – Bailey is, uh, you know, Bailey's been that, that super, you know, super face her whole career and almost corny in a way, uh, you know, like a like a like a grown up child. 
her entire career. And now, uh, now the fact she got a little bit of intensity to her, I kind of, I kind of like the new Bailey, to be honest with you. Uh, I we do have a guest on uh, six oh nine number. Is that is that the first guest? That's it. All right, I'm gonna uh, step aside and uh, you know put the Jets on commercial and uh, do everybody a favor and put them on commercial. And uh, I am going to uh, let you do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. You've heard of Triple H. Now you're going to hear from Triple B. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the vivacious, the vicious, Vicky. Hey, how are you? Hey. <laughs> this is the vivacious, vicious Vicky. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Holster. That is awesome. So we're, we're going to go awesome. ahead and uh, get into this. Uh, we have uh, we have the vivacious Vicky here. We have uh, 28 minutes here with Vicky. So first off, what we'd like to do is have you tell us a little bit about your background, and we'll uh, ask you some questions. Sure, sure. Oh, God. Okay. So, I mean, for me, I'm sure like many, many pro wrestlers out there today something that I've always wanted to do since I could breathe I mean literally I came out of the womb like ready to roll literally um so for me it was a a little bit of a bumpy road and you know I I I share this because it's something that maybe a lot of people can benefit from um you know growing up I had a great childhood but um as I got a little older I started hanging out with the wrong people and just getting in the wrong crowd and you know, lo and behold, I I established some sort of an addiction, so to speak. So, uh, you know, all my life, all I ever wanted to do was be a wrestler and, and live my dream. And I just, I lost grip for a little bit, you know, and I delayed my life. So uh, here I am now with almost four years of sobriety. And last year, I actually started training for WrestlePro in Rahway, New Jersey. It's Create a Pro New Jersey under Pat Buck. Um you know, in, in, in that time period, I've done things that many people, you know, don't do that quickly. So, uh, you know, to say the least, I'm uh, grateful for where I'm at today. But as I said, you know, my story is very different, but my story is also something that can totally help people. You know, it, it was one of those stories where you just go, wow, she's alive. Wow, she made it, you know. And for me, I'm very, um, very grateful, you know, and, and I always catch myself before a match crying or tearing up thinking like I can't believe I'm actually doing this right now I can't believe I made it I can't believe I'm doing this you know so like I said for me it was, it was always I was always athletic growing up I always played sports and you know but I just had that that little hiccup growing up where I just I went the other way you know and I and I just I bounced back I'm here I'm doing my thing so that's a little a little snippet and you are on the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the internet right now, and we do appreciate you joining us. We got, oh, there uh, you go. <laughs> we got the vicious Vicky here. Uh, we got 25 minutes here left. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of go to Granny. And then if uh, Big Swing is, uh, he's doing double duty tonight, so he may be able to pop on and ask you a few questions. He may not. But uh, first off, and, well, I want to get this out of the way, uh, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer it. But uh, you are currently dating a former guest on this show. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> that does, would be he, the he, Spartan Pitbull, Nikos Rikos, yes. <laughs> now, d- d- did he mention how cool I am and how great it would be if you got on the show? D- d- 
did, did he talk to you about that and tell you how cool it is? Uh, he did, actually. He did. He had very, very great things to say, better than he just says about me. So that's saying a lot for you guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, good. Uh, I, I think I, I might uh, have him become my brother instead of the current. No, I, I won't even get into that. Anyway, so we'll go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll get serious here. Uh, so in your tenure in the business, how many different promotions have you been with? Hmm. Well, I would say maybe about seven or eight so far. And which one are you currently with? Russell Pro. And you've been with them for how long? A year. A year. That's awesome. And uh, when you uh, when you're out there wrestling, um, would you consider yourself to be a a babyface, a heel, an in betweeny, or are you what the crowd decides you're going to be? Oh God, I am a cold blooded heel. <laughs> Well, we have a heel. So with that being said, uh, we have uh, the, we have the vicious Vicky here. Uh, we have uh, 23 minutes here with Vicky. Granny, what do you got? Well, hello, Vicky. I hello. am Granny Hulkster, and I, I'm not a wrestler, even though I've been threatened to been thrown in the ring a few times. But Granny's <laughs> forte at the wrestling shows is I love to talk smack to the heels. I don't uh-huh. like the heels. I mean, I can talk some pretty good smack, and I'm always having to, like, stay one step ahead of these people because I never know what they're going to throw out at me. But you <laughs> sound like somebody that Granny would love to play with because that's what I've been told ever since I've had this gimmick name for about 19 years. That's what I've been told, that I help make the shunt the show fun for the wrestlers, for the crowd, I mean, for everybody, because, you know, my wrestling family, and I'm not related to any of these people at all, they call me granny, their spouses call me granny, their kids call me granny, the fans call me granny, I am granny to the wrestling world. So, that being said, what has been one of your most challenging matches you've ever had in your career? Hmm. Challenging. Well, I would have to say there's this girl who she's a lot a lot bigger than me. And for me at first it was very challenging as, as to to learn how to take down a bigger opponent. You know, that was something that was was taught to us but not a hundred percent because it's just a very it's a scenario that you may or may not be in in wrestling. You just you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was thrown into this match with this girl who was a lot bigger than me uh, in every way. And obviously, you know, we as wrestlers we have to put that over that, you know, I'm the little I'm the little guy. She's the big guy. You know. Um, and surprisingly enough, it were it was a great match. It worked out great. But just to have that psychology down, you know, it was it was definitely challenging for me when I was so new into it and still learning and just kind of, Hey, this is your opponent tonight. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. So that, that definitely something like that, you know, being able to put that psychology over of, of, of little guy, big guy for sure. Well, you know, granny, I mean, this one wrestler one night we were at a show and <clears throat> over in Oklahoma and he was portraying the bad guy and he's mm-hmm. like, granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? And I grabbed my keys out of my purse, and I got in his face. I said, baby, 
and I shook my fist at him with my keys. I said, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. And he went off, he ran oh off screaming. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I've had, I've had a tug of war with um, Angel Medina uh, in Arkansas. He, he grabbed my cane one night and I had a tug of war with him with my cane because he was picking on some sweet little old lady on the audience, you know, and he's got to step up for the fans. I mean, you know. I gotta, I gotta protect my fans. You know, gotta help the fans out too. So, but I think I, you, you need to come to Arkansas or Oklahoma to wrestle sometime. I mean, I would love to meet you. You sound like you would be a lot of fun to, to for me to talk some smack to. Oh yeah, no, I, I love people like you. Come on. <laughs> you guys, so. you guys make it interesting. You know, I, I mean, hey, I would love to come out there one day if it calls for it. Absolutely. Well, it would be awesome. It would be awesome to have you, that's for sure. So, Absolutely. Thank you. Go for it, Icon. Vicky is Vicky is our guest here. we got 20 minutes here. Now, I'm kind of curious. With your name, Triple V, I don't know if anybody calls you Triple V if, uh, you're, uh, if you want to start using that because I invented it. <laughs> you know, just uh, tell me some residuals, but... Uh, where does where does where does the name come from? Well, funny enough, real quick before I get into that, I worked for the postal service for like two years, right? And my postmaster got a kick out of the fact that I was a pro wrestler. And when I told him my name, you know, by basis, Mrs. Vicky, he would call me Triple V. So I find it very funny that you. Also, are calling you that. <laughs> the only thing is that I wouldn't use that as a ring name because <laughs> I don't want to be like Triple H. <laughs> but look, you're you're much better looking than Triple H. You don't have that. Book yeah, notice, okay? I, I I concur. I do. I, I agree. Um, but the name actually for me, um, the vicious came first. Um, you know, um, honestly, I was first aligned with Nico's and a couple other guys. And um, they kind of helped me come up with the name at first because I, I really wanted to be like Vicky Valentine or something like along those lines. And they were like, nah, I think this is Vicky. And I was like, okay. But I also wanted to have like a sexy counterpart to me, you know, and that, that's what I'm going for, that like sexy, vicious side. So I was like, hmm, vivacious. So I came up with that one. And I was like, eh. We're going to just make it one big name. So it's on my gear and everything. Vivacious, vicious Vicky. And I apologize. There is some background noise going on. I have no idea what that is. Uh, if, uh, okay. big swing can, if Big Swing can correct that, we'd appreciate it. Uh, so we have, uh, we have Triple V here with us, and we have 18 minutes here left. So, you know, you've been with several different companies, and did you meet – uh, Mr. Rios, uh, at uh, your current promotion, or was it at one of your early promotions? I actually met him at WrestlePro. He was already that's where he started and got his you know training from and everything. He was just there when I started, so we kind of just crossed paths and just clicked, and here we are. That's awesome. Now, yeah, I always ask, uh, Every independent wrestler that's on our show here, this question, it's a two-part question. 
no one has ever mm-hmm. answered it the same way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to you, and we'll see how you respond. And then I'll ask you a few others. And if Big Swing is uh, back, we'll have him ask a few. As an independent wrestler, you know, you basically control your own destiny. You get to do what you want. You go where you want. You can work this promotion, that promotion, this, that, the other. But if, you know, if you get to the WWE, they say you do this, you do that, you can't do this, you go there, you don't go there, this and that. You know, they control all aspects of your life. Let's say that a WWE official is at a match that you're at, and Mm -hmm. they see how well you work, and they see how much pop you get from the crowd. And they offer you a million-dollar contract from what they've seen. Two-part question. One, is that something that you'd want to do and something that you'd take? And part two, if you do get there, would you still chat with us and not big-time us and still be our friend and still talk to us? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, if, if Vince McMahon flew into my apartment somehow just now and said, hey, we want you, I'm going. You know, I, I'm not – there's not even, like, a question about it. And, yes, I would still be on good terms with you guys. <laughs> you know, and I, I, you know, this is how it would go too. Well, pal, I saw you wrestling with the big boys. Now I want <laughs> you to come and join the WWE. Yeah, yep, pal. Right. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much how it would sound. <laughs> I'll take it. Now, you know, that's, that's I'm a, that's also curious. Goal, so. I'm also curious with, with the with the cool name that you have, uh, vivacious, vicious Vicky. You got to have a cool finish maneuver. Tell us what yours is, what it's called, what goes involved in it, and then we'll see if one of us will let you practice another. Oh, geez. Well, to be completely honest, this is going to sound horrible. Can't come up with a name for it yet, so I just I just I just don't call it anything at the moment. But I do. The Christian DDT. That's that's my finisher. I gotta say it. The Christian DDT. I do. Yeah. Well, maybe the inverted I could, maybe Christian I DDT. On, uh, maybe I can come up with a uh, a work uh, a name for it for you. <laughs> hey, maybe. <laughs> Still pending. How about the How about the vivacious dropper? I'm going that route. I have a whole list of things. I mean, I, I, it's, it's insane trying to come up with that. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be like, I'm going to get you with my finisher. It's so stupid. <laughs> or, or you know, if you want to sort of name Icon in there, that'd be really cool. Like the Icon Falling Star or something. Now, that'd be really, really cool. How about Vic Vacious? Cool. That is very cool. I, I like that, too. I like that, too. Well, we okay. have uh, we have Big Swing here joining us. Uh, we got the vivacious Vicky here. Uh, we have 14 minutes left with Vicky. Big Swing, what do you got for our guest here? Uh, well, I mean, I guess just take us through your story in a way. I mean, I ask this to a lot of the independents that we have on, uh, and especially female independents, because it's not a business that I mean, it's a male-driven. It's 90 percent male, so you don't really see this a lot uh, from female wrestler aspect, but how did you get involved in it? What, you know, brought you to be where you're at? Did you have anybody you looked up to as a kid that you wanted to be like? Or sort of take us through the journey as to how you decided that, you know, wrestling was going to be, you know, your your career path. Yeah, for sure. So uh, when I was like four or five, easily, I was so young. My sisters were like really into it, really into it. 
And, you know, I, it just drew me in. I, I mean, I, I have such a good memory, like a photographic memory that I remember watching it so young like that. Um, you know, funny story. I always share this because I remember it. I was like five and my, my mom had our TV like up on a bookshelf. So we couldn't get it. Like, we couldn't get to it. And in the middle of the night, it was maybe like, you know, around raw time, 9 or 10 p.m., something like that. I remember climbing up the bookshelf and and, and trying to hear it because it was, like, fuzzy. And I would, like, flip the channels and, like, listen for the commentators at, like, five years old just to listen to wrestling. You know, um, my sisters were always into it. They they were always doing moves on each other. I, at six years old, five years old, however old I was, I tried to do an elbow drop on my sister and I sliced my armpit open on a hook that was hanging by our by our bed like i I was already getting hurt at five you know (laughs) um well are they they in the business now too or no what's that are they in the business now also or or just you no that no they are they 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 rarely watch it um they do come support me you know and come watch me of course but uh they they don't watch it like you know how how i stuck with it i stuck with it they dwindled away um, but oh, okay. when I was, when you, I you was never watching, it, it, was, it was a sister team. What's that? You never thought of forming a sister team? The sister no. bitches? <laughs> there's two, there's three of us. So we, we should, it would be a little, uh, team extreme reunion almost. <laughs> um, no, but I, uh. I, I was into Stone Cold. Like he was my favorite, but then this, Hot, red-headed bombshell debuted on Sunday Night Heat with Esther Rios, and that was it for me. Lita is my hero. I mean, like, <laughs> I, there, there's no, there's no, like, thinking about it. Like, that's the one who got me hooked. I mean, aside from the yeah. great... Um, she was the one that just, I was like, damn, I want to be just like her. And people tell me all the time, they're like, you look like a mini Lita. And I'm like, thank you. I'm trying to. No, but I, I, she was just, I would tell her I was Lita for Halloween, like seven times, like seven years in a row. Um, you know, I, 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 I big in the Hardys. I mean, it, it was the Hardys, Lita, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys. Um, you know, I was real big on the tag teams back then in that era. That was my yeah. era growing up so I was real big into the ladder matches and all that like that was just you know like I said Stone Cold and The Rock come on there's no question about it you know I mean with with everything you know, I, I, only do, liked Lita, I only liked Lita 2005 and after I wasn't really a big I, fan I of gonna, her before I, that but. I was gonna get into that and say when I was still young I was like 13 or 12 when she like transitioned and when she transitioned, you could ask anyone that knows me. My family would attest to it. I lost my shit. <laughs> I mean, I well, you know who you, you, you know you know who her boyfriend was at that time, right? In two thousand five, Ed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, don't say the, that. The number one wrestler of the two thousand and four to two thousand eleven time period. The uh, ultimate opportunist and my favorite of all time. I feel the same way about Edge as you do about Lita. Except I never dressed as Edge for Halloween, but uh, but yeah, Edge was um, <laughs> Edge and Lita, man. They were they were the the team, the power couple, per se. Oh no, for sure. And and it's funny because now that I'm like in the business and I'm like 
and even when I got older, I appreciated what they what they did more. You know, back then I was so young that I was like, oh my gosh, he's having a live sex celebration. What is happening? But now I'm like, wow, like they were great. And honestly, like there are like some things here and there that I kind of took from them for me and Nikos because we're like that. We have that like power couple, alpha couple kind of thing going on when we go out there, you know. And and I definitely, you know, modeled myself after her, but I made it myself, you know. And that that's wrestling, you know. You, I don't want to say you steal. But you get ideas from other people, and, and mine was always leave it. I mean, always the mannerisms, everything. Um, can I do a backflip? No, but I got the look, so I'm working with. So then, which here. leader, which leader then was your favorite? Was it the you know the parachute pants with the visible song and the fishnet top leader, or was it the you know the the, the leather pants and, and like biker look with edge, or was it the you know, the the short khaki shorts back to the fishnet yeah. top after. If I had to really pick one, which is hard because I love all of her, probably what initially got me hooked, which was Lita with the Hardy. That 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 okay. bad chick that just came in and just she looked good, but she was one of the guys and it was just captivating for a young girl. Like, holy crap, I wanna be like her. Well, you don't ever do the thong slipping, do you? No, sometimes it happens by accident, and I'm like, oh, no, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> so, so, so then you weren't a big fan of – so then you weren't a big fan of Trish Stratus then. We all know they're uh... – I, I was, though. I was. I um, If I had to pick two, it would definitely be Trish and Lita. Uh, no doubt about it. I love Trish Stratus, absolutely. Um, I think she was great as a heel. She was great as a baby, but she was a great heel. Um, Trish, Trish, heel Trish, I say it all the time. If I could be heel Trish, I'd be happy because she was just, and she's beautiful, but she was just great, you know, and she was one that came from not a, a wrestling background, and I love those stories when they're not wrestlers and they turn into be fantastic Hall of Famer wrestlers. I mean, it, it's insane. It really is. You know, it's funny because Lita, Lita helped to sort of revolutionize women's wrestling because before Lita and Trish Stratus and, you know, Molly Holly and Melina and, and all them during that, I guess, post-Attitude Era, uh, you know, time period that they had, mm-hmm. women in wrestling were stable, Tori Runnels, you know, they, they were, they were yeah. uh, you know, Fighting in, in in pools, yeah, they, yeah, they were fighting in pools of of chocolate syrup and you know having wet t-shirt yep. contests and yep. and they, they they were they were objects basically and I think that when Absolutely. Lita and Trish broke onto the scene, they really made the wrestling part of of women's wrestling. Well, don't get me wrong, there were women wrestlers long before that, but I'm saying there was a time period there that people got used to of them being, you know, the the, the spectacle. And and now that that their athletic ability and their in ring ability became the spectacle, I think that uh, that took a lot of uh, young girls who who wanted to do this and um, kind of gave them some confidence. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I mean, if you look at you know some of the greats from before their time of the women, you know, I mean, between managers and wrestlers for females, they were fantastic. But and I and I would never you know degrade the past of wrestling because it made it what it is today. But when I look like you're, you're perfectly, you're absolutely right. You know, when you look at Lita and Trish, they came in and they were hot and different and cool. And they just came through and just 
kicked the door down and just started going. And, and, and it really, really revolutionized what women's wrestling was. It wasn't just, uh, you know, a wrestler. They made it the more of the entertainment aspect, more of the sex appeal aspect, but they were able to do all of it, you know, and that's, that's what was captivating is that they were able to be sexy, they were able to be tough, and they were able to act and entertain. So it was just the whole package. Uh, we have uh, the vivacious, vicious Vicky here. We got five, about five minutes here left. Uh, we got to take over a couple uh, couple pieces of business that we promised I'd let you do. If our fans wanted to check you out and follow you, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? I, I do have an Instagram, a Facebook, a Twitter, a what else do I have? A YouTube channel, and that's it. <laughs> And uh, what are the answers? So you don't have a GoFundMe? I don't have a GoFundMe, no. <laughs> Why, should I? Is that is that a thing? Do people do that? Well, no, well, it, that, that's just a joke, and uh, he always likes to bust my chops on that. Well, well no, people, from a guy people that... do do it, though. People do it for ridiculous things. People are like, oh, um, you know, my... My electric bill is due, and, you know, I'm a good person because I held a door for an older lady this week. Give me money. You know what I'm saying? Like, people just have ridiculous GoFundMes out there. And uh, so so it's definitely definitely a probability, you know. Um, people use it not for what it's designed for, which is, you know, a, a donation to, you know, hey, my son has cancer. I can't pay for his medical bills. Okay, I get it. But if you want a new bag and just don't feel like getting a job and you want to go fund me, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, you know. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely out there for sure. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> uh, anyway. We got the triple V here. We got the triple V here. Well, we got about three minutes left here. I, I got to do a couple eagle things here, then uh, we'll let you get back to your training and everything because we know that uh, you're a hard worker and uh, we don't want to keep you from that. But couple. Uh, Ego questions here. Uh, the icon made you a cool collector's card. What was your opinion on that? I thought it was awesome. I, I mean, I was not expecting that. I think that's pretty cool to kind of see see myself, you know, on a little card like that. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I like this. You know, it's thoughtful. You know, I appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, it, was, it definitely that, came out awesome. So. And then, do you think you might be able to send us some uh, autographs for giveaways for our big uh, December show that we got coming up? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, maybe uh, you and uh, Nikos can uh, send them together because I don't. Uh, you promised us some too. I never got them. Oh yeah, no, definitely, absolutely, no problem. That way, uh, you can uh, pay for the postage, and then uh, he can get off scot free. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. No, 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 that's not happening. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though, uh, I do. I, I I do I I do love Nikos. I'll tell you what, man, he was one of uh, the coolest guys I talked to, uh, and I uh, you know I booked him. Uh, unfortunately, you know he he did uh, uh, steal you from me. I, I know that you were I know you were originally leaning towards me, but you went with Nikos because he's a wrestler. I understand that. I just host the show, but if I was in the ring, I know that you would have picked me. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll let you have that one. I'm not going to tell Nikos about it. He doesn't need to know. I don't know if he's listening or not, but if he is, I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. 
Well, I'll tell you what, Brad, we want to thank you for uh, taking time uh, out of your schedule uh, to join us tonight. We do appreciate it, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get you back on again at some point, and uh, maybe we can have you both on uh, uh, together. Last time we had uh, uh, a couple, uh, a uh, wrestling couple on, uh, it was a shoot because uh, he kicked her in the head and she didn't like it, so she called in. When he was on, and uh, it was just it was just kind of weird. But oh, uh, hopefully that won't happen with you. Yeah, no, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> well, thank you for having That's me. Awesome. I really appreciate it. It was awesome. Thank you very much, and we appreciate it. You're awesome, and I will uh, keep in contact with you, and we'll definitely get you on again. All right, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being on. The vivacious. The vicious. Vicky, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, so oh, I forgot. I forgot to play her off. I, I was going to play her off with this. Yeah, but I totally forgot to do it. Oh, well. well next time. Well, I'll tell you what. Save that for our next guest. That'll be perfect ah. for our next guest. Well, the next guest is an 803 number, correct? Yep, yep. Okay, well, they are on, so I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm going to be bouncing around, but I'll be listening. And here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, walking down the runway, (laughs) she is the hottest Miss (laughs) USA, Miss America in the history of the pageant. She joins us tonight all the way. From the great state of South Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you the lovely Jan Jenkins Herlong. Well, hey, this is Jane Herlong, and you're listening to the Attitude Era, live with the host, the big, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hopster. That's awesome. So uh, we have uh, we have uh, we have you with us. We got about uh, we got 29 minutes here with you. So good. We want we're, we're going to go through all aspects of your career. We're going to try and get everything. We're going to get a two-hour interview in. And we're going to squeeze it in 30 minutes. We're going to try this. Uh, yeah, so that's first right. off, uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I will kind of go around the room. But first off, you know, you started out as a beauty pageant contestant. And I believe yes. it was uh, 1979, correct? Normally I cough when I say that, but that's correct. And how did you fare in that uh, contest? Well, I was the fake Miss Congeniality, which is special. And I was uh, the 13th runner-up, which is special, too. And uh, then you uh, you went away from the, the beauty pageant thing, and uh, then you did you become a comedian, then an author, an author, then a comedian? What, you know, what was I, the next step? I, I started, I moved to this very small town, and I tell people I kind of quippy that I didn't win Miss America, but I married her boyfriend, which is very true. And I started singing gospel music and contemporary Christian music, and then I just started speaking in school because I love young people and I have a story about how I overcame so many learning disabilities and 
my family didn't have a lot of money, and I felt so passionate about that. And then one thing just sort of led to another. You know, you just put one foot in front of the other, and then there's a whole other door. You know what I mean, right? So the right. singing went to the and the speaking in churches, speaking in schools, then conventions. In fact, I'm in Gatlinburg, Tennessee right now speaking for a convention tomorrow. Then I started writing, and then people started, you know, enjoying it. Then I started doing comedy, on, and it's on Sirius XM 97, which was a real kick in the pants. But I've had a lot of fun with the writing and the comedy. Now, uh, with your, you know, your gospel singing and your, your comedy, did you put out any uh, albums or CDs at all? I did. I mean, I have an actual LP. I really do. And uh, the the person that helped me um, was Cheryl Pruitt, who was Miss America. She and my husband were dating. That's the one. And she helped me record my very first album, and uh, that led into the cassette era and then the CD era, which is now the download era. I guess that's where we're going. But, yeah, um, I had – that was my only LP. The rest were cassettes. I mean, that's – I'm taking you way back. And then CDs, and now I have this downloadable card with all my stuff on it. And uh, for for uh, and you can kind of help us out with this. I I know what it is, but uh, for our young fans who are listening, can you tell us what LP stands for? Long play. And uh, that yeah. would be a that would be a record, right? A vinyl record. Right, a big old vinyl. But you know what's so weird? They're all coming back. You know, yeah, an LP players? is a full CD. Like Icon, if you buy somebody's CD in the store and it's got, I think, an, I think an LP they said has twelve or more songs on it. EP is, I think, up to six, and then, and then there's sort of that that gray area in between. But uh, but yeah, there, there is there is that uh, LP EP difference, um, and, and it, it's just basically like a full album, basically is what it is. You know, yeah, yeah. the cool thing is. You know, the cool thing is, you know, you put out an album and it, it I, I believe it uh, went platinum, right? I put out a, a comedy album once and it went aluminum. <laughs> so, um, Icon, we do, we do have a caller on the line. Uh, I don't know if it's our next guest calling early. It's a 412 number. Possibly uh, bring him on, and then if we have to put him on hold, we will, or we can have him call right. back. So bring him on, and we'll find out. All right, caller, what's One up? <laughs> You're talking about records. All right, so All right, anyways, I, I I knew what we was apologize. going on. We I knew, apologize was, for that. Yeah, I, I knew where that was going as soon as I heard the voice. All right, so anyways, uh, continue. So... Oh. You know, you, you you did the you did the beauty pageant thing, and uh, I'll admit I remember when you were on, and I thought you were more attractive than Miss North Dakota. I'm not just saying that because it's you; it's true. And <laughs> uh, then you uh, then you uh, started uh, writing books. Uh, how many different books do you have under your uh, belt on your bookshelf? That you've I wrote. Let's see. This four. I'm working on. This is crazy. Two more. At the same time, um, this is kind of fun. The new book is called You Can't Put High Heels on a Heifer. Hmm. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, and the subtitle is Backstage Moments That Get You to the Front Stage of Life and Your Career. I've seen it, though. You ever been to a North Dakota strip club? I mean, it happens. Well, I have. I know I start out with a girl that, in the Miss Illinois pageant that milked a cow for her talent. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a true story. That is awesome. That, 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 that is just wild. Uh, we have... Uh, we have uh, uh, Jane Harlow, uh, Jane Jenkins Harlow. We got 23 minutes here left. You know, you mentioned uh, heels. Speaking of heels, Randy, what do you got for our guest here? Well, I'm just fascinated listening to this lovely lady share her story. I mean, what it, what was it like to be a contestant? You know, in a in a beauty pageant. I mean, what was it? I mean, I mean, I know there's a lot of work involved. You know, because you have to, you know, go through the different categories and the different things, you know, like the talent contest and the swimsuit contest and the, you know, everything else. What was it like? Share with us what it was like to actually be a contestant in 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 the beauty pageant. Well, it was probably the biggest challenge because it was, just listen to this part. This is probably... When I say it, it about makes me tear up because it was everything I knew I could become, but I wasn't. And and that's a wow. big thing to think about in life because I felt like there was inside of me the ability to fight my way. My daddy didn't finish the 10th grade. He was a farmer. We lived in a tenant house. Um, I have a very low IQ. I was diagnosed as being dyslexic. I was put in a special needs section. And I just fought my way one step at a time, was discouraged from college. I got in barely, but I have always been a fighter, and that served me really well. And I've learned to look at the word no and think the word next. I just don't want anybody to define me because I'm redefining myself every day. And I think as long as you feel so led, and I'm a Christian, as long as you feel so led to put that one foot in front of the other, I think that you can be led to do amazing things and be of great service. That's awesome. That is amazing. And I, I but admire it was. I, lo- I love the pageant. I, I love the pageant world because it's, so it's like life on steroids. Because when you think about it, what does it take to be a success? You've got to be really good in a, in a communicator. You've got to yes, have stamina. You You've got to have you style. Do. Well, that's just, I, I admire you so much, you know, because you were talking about the disabilities and everything, because I was a single mom for 23 and a half years before I married the man that I'm married to now, and my son um, was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at 11 years old and mm. borderline intellectual functioning, and he was in special education all through school and everything, and, you know, so I admire you know what you what you have done in your life with your career you know as, as a you know beauty pageant contestant an author uh, you know singer you know it, it it's amazing i am just so blessed to be listening to this interview tonight well that that's so kind i do appreciate that and god is good and i you know i tell you the, the thing that that i kept trying i kept feeling like there was a calling on my life and you just have to keep looking and finding and don't be afraid to fail 
And that, I, I just look at myself and so many people that I know and love as, as being a successful failure. You, you just find ways to work around it and find another way to get to that goal. And there might be something even better out there. You just have to trust that that's the direction you're supposed to go into. That's amazing. That's all I've got, Icon. So. Icon, we got somebody on with your area code. We got somebody on with a 701. Is that who we're waiting on for the next guest? No. Okay. I'm not going to risk it then because I, I think I think I have an idea as to who it may be. So uh, uh, we have uh, Jan Harlow here. We got uh, 19 minutes left. Now, uh, it sounds like you uh, you probably do uh, you do or can probably do some motivational speaking. Do you do that as well? I do. I I really lo- I have like right now I'm working on the speech for tomorrow, and I call it "Don't Throw Tomatoes at My Field of Dreams." And it has a lot of humor in it. I like to do a zinger lesson, but I like to deliver it with some humor. And I talk about the three things that I learned picking tomatoes down in the low country of South Carolina on my daddy's farm. And I call it the shine principle where you have to keep shining and find ways to shine and do things to help other people shine. And then call would be just getting rid of to get better. And I had to throw a lot, a lot of tomatoes out that were, you know, they weren't great. They had maybe spots on them. Well, you've got to get rid of all that. And then the last one is you have to have the wisdom to know when to plow up or plow through. So this crowd wants more comedy, but I'll throw those in there just to have a little takeaway. That That is awesome. Now, uh, you know, you mentioned you know you're working on uh, two uh, two books right now. Uh, what is your time frame of when you might uh, get those uh, published and get them out so that we can uh, take a look at them? Well, um, I'm not in any big hurry. This sounds so crazy. Everybody's chomping at the bit to get a major publisher. Well, I got a major publisher. It was Hachette Publishing, and that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. <clears throat> and you just don't have creative control. That book was called Rhinestones on My Flip Flops. And it's funny. It's Southern humor because I'm a Southern humorist. humorist. And I use biblical ladies and women, iconic ones, to teach us life lessons about stress. And I went through a a phase of infertility, and I talk about Sarah, mother of many nations. So the the next book is going to be called Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South. And it's funny. It's a little edgy, but it's really funny. It's just a lot of Southern weird stuff. And then, then the high heels on the heifer would be the the one that I probably I don't know where where that's I'm not any on big timeline, I just I just do it when I know I can do it well, and I've got a copy editor and he's awesome, so that's been fun. That is cool. Now, I don't know if you're able to do this or not. We we have you know we have 16 minutes here left with you. And I don't know if you're able to do this or not, but, uh, you know, we got a big uh, December uh, show coming up here. And I was wondering, would you be willing to send us some autographs for some giveaways? I don't know if you can give away an autographed copy of your book or not, or one of your books, but would you be able to do some autographed pictures or anything like that for us? Yeah, I'd love to give um, CD. I do have CDs still, but I've got MP3s too, but... I could do anything. I've got I've got so much stuff. I'm telling you, I've got whole funny programs, books, whatever y'all need. Just let me know. I'd love to. Well, well, I'll tell you what. How about this? I send you the address, and then maybe you can send us like a gift pack, and then we could, uh, you know, just 
you know, have like, uh, you know, thank you for being the big. We'll we'll say uh, today's this, uh, tonight's show December giveaway being sponsored by Jan Harlow. You know, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Y'all just let me uh, know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll send a whole pack. Cool. I'll, I'll send you the address and we'll uh, we'll let you do that for us. We appreciate that. Uh, but the the interview is not over. We 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 still got fifteen minutes left upon here. I have no idea what that feedback is, but I do apologize for that. So, you know, you mentioned that you're at a speaking engagement now. Is this is that a motivational speaking thing, or is that a a Christian thing, or? What what is the main thing that you're doing tomorrow? You mentioned. Well, I'm speaking to this crowd with a, a is two states is the Kentucky and the Tennessee affordable housing, and they have all the hard stuff, the nuts and the bolts, and they'll have that up until about four o'clock, and then they bring me on to do the comedy, and just some fun and humor. Then I'll sing, and that's always fun. Now, are, are you uh, do you? Uh, Put yourself out for for bookings. Uh, let's say if someone wanted you to come do a comedy show or do a lecture or do a book talk, how would people get a hold of you to do that? Or would they have to go to your agent, or they just go directly to you? How, how would they? No, how would they, go about that? they could. They can go straight to janeherlong.com, dot com, j a n e h e r l o n g dot com, and they'll see where they can contact me or or Google or anything like that. And I I have all my contact info. They can shoot me an email, and yeah, I love to travel. And you know, you meet so many wonderful people. You really do. It's just a gift. These these are awesome people. They're hardworking people. That's the kind of crowd I really really love to speak because we we have that in common. Um, everything that we that I feel like that I have earned on this earth is from a lot of hard work, and that seems to be missing um, in in our in our generation today, unfortunately. And I I got to do this. Uh, I wasn't going to do this because I told my fiance I wouldn't, but uh, my fiance is a fan of yours, and Aww. she she has bet me. That I would not have the guts to invite you to our wedding, and oh, that's so I'm gonna, sweet. I'm going to take that challenge, and I'm going to offer an invitation to you. Would that be something you'd be able to do or wanted to do? Come to the oh, icon gosh, yeah. and wedding. Well, you know, it's it might work out place. where I'm in the I'm in the neighborhood, possibly. Just let me know the date. That'd be great. It's September 26, 2020. Okay. I'll have, I'll that sounds good. Next, I'll have you sit between Doug Masters and Victoria Redstone. All right, that's awesome. And I, I'll send you a, uh, I'll send you a reminder like, uh, like six months out, so you, so you know. But uh, she said I wouldn't have the guts to invite you. Well, I guess I do. Yes, you do, and I like that. That should, that'd be See, awesome. I'll go. try to get now. Are y'all in? Are you in Houston? I'm in North Dakota. Uh, Granny's oh, in North Arkansas. Dakota. Okay. And that's why I'm yeah. having it in September, so you don't have to come through here during the snow. Gotcha. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> when does pheasant hunting start? Because my husband will want to come too if he could shoot some pheasant. Yeah, it, it, well, it starts at that time. Oh, my gosh. We might have a date. As a matter of fact, I can hook you up with a friend of mine who is a hunter, and they can take you out to all the hot spots. 
Well, he would absolutely fall over with excitement. <laughs> I might give him that for his birthday because his birthday's in October. Well, there you uh, And I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I do have your contact information. I'll, uh, I'll I'll call you like sometime later this week, and I'll, I'll we'll, we'll work out all the details for that. Uh, That'd be great. So now you mentioned that you you know you have a website, and right. uh, now if people go to the website, could you tell us what it is again and what they can find on your website? Yeah, it's janeherlong.com. And if you, it's H-E-R-L-O-N-G, you could just follow the prompt. You'll see. Or just you could just email me personally, jane at janeherlong.com. All right. And I also want to mention that you're one of the few female guests that does not have a restraining order on me yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so, that happened. Well, you know, you you mentioned you're writing two books. You know, in your now, do you uh, do you prefer doing uh, uh, comedy, or do you prefer writing, or is it kind of a tie? It's a pie. Um, I make myself write because it gives me mat- new material. Because I, you know, I just like I'll tell y'all a funny story. Recently, uh, I was in Las Vegas. And I was traveling with my daughter. She's a New York life agent, and she had to go to a, um, a study group thing. And so I have a friend that started a, prostit- a church for prostitutes. And I just couldn't wait to go. And I love my friend Mike Raven. He's a brilliant guitarist and has a real heart for hurting people. So I called an Uber. And the guy pulls up, and he says, will you give me a minute? I just dropped off some ladies of the night. They've been working all night. And he got a can of Lysol and sprayed the back seat. So I could get in to go to the prostitute church. <laughs> I said, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and so, um, no, but it was interesting. That is weird. Uh, and I mean, did did you, as you're watching this, are you like, did you like, well, maybe I should just call another driver? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do, and all I could think of was telling him about this prostitute church, and I said, he might spray the back seat when I get out. Who knows? You know, I'll tell you what. I have a joke that you can use about that when you tell this story. You could say, uh, the cab driver said, have a seat, and you can say, no, you keep it. <laughs> he was very interesting. Very. And you know what? He drives, he he specifically likes to drive at midnight to like four in the morning. Not that this was that time, but because he said he hears so many, he just, he talks to people who are very hurting. And I admired that about, and it was, it was a funny encounter. So um, my, my title for that was what happens in Vegas can be sprayed with Lysol. (laughs) (laughs) Is, is, Is that your next book? Oh, you know, I don't know. That'd be a good title. <laughs> How to disinfect your life for for cleanliness and godliness. There we go. There we go. Now, if you, if, now remember, if you do write that book, uh, I, I kind of gave the idea, so I want some residuals. All right, there you go. Yeah, I'm all, you know what? The best the best stories you get when you ask people. You know, if you just say, y'all have a funny story, now let me tell you, 99% of the time it's not going to be any good. But sometimes you get somebody, and especially from the South, who tells you a funny story, and I'm telling you, uh, they can give you some good material. You just got to keep listening. Uh, Jane Herlong is our guest here. we got seven minutes left, but 
Jane. Now, I want to kind of circle back here. You know, being in, you know, being in entering the beauty uh, pageant, getting into that, before you got chosen to represent your state, how many different things did you have to go through before you were actually chosen to represent your state? Well, you just, uh, you have a local pageant, and I was Miss Charleston, and then that affords you to go to the Miss South Carolina pageant. But you know how Southern beauty queens are. We are crazy almost. I mean, I learned how to walk and poise at a funeral home in Sumter, South Carolina. I I walked through Jesus Call Telephone Reefs. Y'all have those in, um, you ever seen a Jesus Call Telephone Reef? I never have. It's interesting. I've never heard of it. And urns and <laughs> caskets. But I learned, I had leotards and tights on, and that's where I learned how to walk to go on stage. And then, you know, getting in shape for swimsuit and then uh, your interview skills and your talent. I mean, it's just, you know, it's aggressive. But it is such, it is so many life skills packed within those phases. So, yeah, it's a it's a big preparation. And then you go to festivals like, I was in the Miss Peach and the Beaufort Water Festival and all those things, and that kind of helps you earn money for your wardrobe for Miss South Carolina. And what what was the talent that you had? I'm a singer. Okay. Now, uh, I I shouldn't say this joke, but, you know, you mentioned you learned how to uh, walk in a, a funeral home. I shouldn't say this joke, but I can't stop myself. I'll understand if you, you, you'll think less of me if you do, but... It sounded like when you were practicing there, there had to be a lot of stiff competition. <laughs> yeah, because I walked with Miss North Carolina, and she was beautiful. <laughs> and we went to Miss America together. Yeah, it was a lot of stiff competition, you know. But I tell everybody, I call it walking with the dead. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, this, I, I wish this interview could, didn't have to end. I, You know, I, I'm sad that we only have five minutes left, but uh, real quick here, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out, uh, you know, you mentioned the website. I'll have you mentioned again. But uh, do you have anything else? You got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? I got it all except the GoFundMe and the Twitch. I got I've got Twitter and Instagram. My Facebook page is Jane Herlong or Jane Jenkins Herlong. I've got a bunch of that stuff. My I've got a big YouTube channel. It's got about maybe sixty something videos. Um, yeah, I've got all that. They could just Google me and go to where if books come up, all kinds of stuff. Good stuff, I and, hope. You know, you mentioned YouTube. What what would you recommend that the fans, what is your favorite thing that you want the fans to check out first before they watch anything else? What would you recommend? Well, um, I'm passionate about my books. I love my books because I, I have a breast cancer book, and it's called What Tatas Teach Us, Women's Anatomy. I know that's a little edgy, but it's it's the one that I use for fundraising because my sister had breast cancer and had a double mastectomy. And then um, Bury Me With My Pearls is a heart book because I, I wrote that when my mother, after she passed away, we were very close. And so um, those are very – I'm very passionate. But the YouTube channel is just fun. It's got a bunch of funny funny stuff on there. Uh, now I'm, I'm going to ask this. You know, I, I, I did send you the address. Uh, could you send Could you send me a copy of the breast cancer book that you wrote? 
Uh, yeah. I have I do I do a lot of stuff for breast cancer awareness here in Fargo, and I like to donate a autographed copy of that book to the charity I I, I work close with. Sure, and it's a cute book. It's illustrated and it's clever. I think it's clever because um, you know I guess you to praise your own stuff. But I've had a lot of people buy it that have had breast cancer and and just give it as little coffee table books. But yeah, I'd love to do that. Awesome. And like I say, whatever you'd be, whatever you're willing to send us, uh, anything you can do for us, we'd appreciate. And uh, if you need uh, reimbursement for postage or whatever, uh, I'll take care of that. Whatever you need, I'll. Uh, oh I'll no, be no, no, no worry whatever. there. That's my that's my treat. That's awesome. So uh, we 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 got a few minutes here before we wrap this up. Now, if uh, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out in a speaking engagement, of course they wouldn't be able to go there tomorrow. But when's your next big speaking engagement that uh, people might be able to come check out and watch you live? Well, I guess the next really big one is the beginning of. I've got stuff in between, but um, I'll speak for a healthcare provider, which I love. I love the health crowd. Um, that's in Louisville, Kentucky, and that I think that's next week. I need to look. We've been so busy with other stuff, gracious, and watching that dang Hurricane Dorian. Oh, that killed me because we've got property down there. I take care of my parents' home. Um, but the biggie is Texas Farm Bureau. That's like the very first weekend in, um, in uh, December. So, yeah, I've got a bunch of good stuff coming up, and I'm thankful. Awesome. Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's it's been a blast, and if we haven't scared you away too much, I mean, I've been getting, uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get to it because I was babbling on because I'm just I'm just so uh, infatuated with you, and I love you so much. Uh, I have a list of uh, text messages, questions for you. Uh, maybe we can uh, get you on again, and we can go, uh, we can have like a listener question uh, session with you. Yeah, and if you send them to me, I'll just answer them. I'd be glad to. I mean, you know, I could text back. Awesome. And I, I do have your number because I do know that we have been texting back and forth all day. And I, and I, yes, I'm, sure I'm you sorry about that, that a... mix-up. <laughs> I was fixing to well, call I... you this morning. <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, I've always been wanting to uh, be woken up by a beauty pageant winner, but... <laughs> 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 but, but I'll tell you what, we do thank you for joining us tonight. We do thank you for all you do, and uh, uh, I'll be looking forward to that, receiving that care package. You've been awesome, and thank you for joining us. Well, God bless y'all. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jane. Have a good night. Well, that was cool. Jane Hurtwong, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so our next guest should be calling in really quick here. Uh, we'll get them on right away when they call in. Okay. But yeah, that uh, was pretty cool. Seven hundred one number that obviously was not a guest, obviously. Well, yeah, that's why I I didn't even put him on. It was a, I figured, but but then but then it it struck me as weird because it was your area code that came up, and I was like, hmm, you know. But then it, I guess you can there there are apps where you can like call from you know different numbers and things, so. You know, so that's why I wasn't. I was like, yeah, that's probably not what I thought it was. But right. Anyway, anyway she's. <coughs> oh, excuse me. She, <coughs> she she was a hoot though. She was fun. Yeah. She was uh, fun. Should uh, be a, should be an eight one eight area code. Should be where the next one's calling from. 
818? Yep, should be. Okay. I will keep an eye out for it. And so uh, you guys happen you guys happen to catch how Raw ended? Yeah, uh somewhat. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, Kane comes out cuz you know they're in Knoxville, and, you know, he's their bear and stuff. So Cade comes out and clears the ring, and, and he's getting ready to do the whole, you know, raise the arms with the fire and all that, and all of a sudden the lights start to go, and, and you know, the fiend, and it was, it was, um, it was creepy to see the mask of the fiend and then Kane in the ring, because th- those were the two probably creepiest dudes of the past 20 years, and, uh, and to see them in the same ring was, um, was definitely interesting, so... But yeah, so I'm I'm keeping an eye out for uh, for that number here, um, Icon. And uh, while we're at it, while we're waiting, why don't you tell us who we got coming on uh, or what we have planned, brother, for the next couple of weeks? Well, uh, next uh, next week we got uh, another three guest show because everybody loves three guest shows. Uh, oh, we're gonna have loves it. Uh, probably the greatest heel wrestler. I mean, heel referee in history, Danny Davis. Uh, we have uh, Jocelyn Kramer coming on. And we have Abby New FW. Uh, she won't ever give us her real last name. She just goes by Abby New FW. And uh, in a couple weeks after that, uh, we have another big show. And uh, we're going to have a guy that... Uh, has the initials double B. Uh, we'll have him on uh, finally, as well as a, a few other surprises that are coming. So be be ready for that. And we're going to have a former bodyguard of the Beach Boys on with us. He wrote a book. He's going to talk to us. And we're going to have nice. Brian Envy, ladies and gentlemen. So. A male-female tag team wrestling couple. They're gonna be on with it, so it'll be fun. Should be should be fun. Sounds pretty awesome. we've always, Yeah, we've always got big guests on this show, and and you know the the trend is continuing. It seems like. <clears throat> right, right. So. Yeah. So still, anyway. still nothing. Still nothing from the guests, though. All right. Yeah, she uh, she had emailed me. Uh, she had emailed me earlier asking if it was okay if she called in from a cell phone, which I said would be just fine. Uh, so. So hopefully uh, we can uh, get her hooked up, and uh, we'll talk to her when she calls it. So I was going to ask you guys while we're waiting here, uh, what, what do you think? Is the 24-7 title now the biggest joke in WWE history for titles? <laughs> I think so. I mean, that title makes no sense at all. None. Well, Icon, you could, you could pin our truth to the floor and take that title belt. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know I could. Definitely could. It doesn't. I mean, I mean, it, it looks like it doesn't have to be any kind of wrestler. It can be anybody, really. I think that's the point of it being twenty four seven, though. Is the title can be defended, you know, anywhere, and sometimes they'll show you, you know, things that happened either <coughs> earlier in the, earlier in the day or earlier in that week or you know, wherever, and um, I I think what that's meant to do is, one, put a little bit of a comedy element into it, uh, but also, you know, kind of give the fans, you know, some involvement, give the fans some, some, I guess, thing to be into or look forward to, like, who's going to have it next type of thing. I mean, I I think that, you know, obviously our truth didn't have a very good in-ring career. He's always kind of been a little bit of a early card kind of guy, a little bit of a jobber kind of a guy. But now this sort of fits his niche. And I think WWE is uh, is actually doing it well. If they're going to do something corny like that, I think they're actually doing it kind of well um, just because, you know, it's, it's, it's something different and it's something unique. And, and I don't think that it's, yeah, it's kind of a joke title, but I think it was designed to be kind of a joke title. I don't think it was something I think that. So I think. Yeah, yeah I don't I think, think it was designed right. to be something super serious. Well, I mean, they they probably wouldn't have given it to Our Truth, you know, the way that they did had it been something super serious. And then you might get some sort of crazy fan, like I've seen some people do. These crazy fans that think they can jump over the banister and get involved. He might have some sort of crazy fan try to pin him and take that title belt. <laughs> and you know what, though? I don't know if WWE, um, you know, would negate that and have the guy thrown out oh, or whatever. I or I, I, I don't, I don't think they would either. But I'm just saying, you know, you might, you might have somebody crazy enough to try it. I mean, yeah, but know, I'm saying, do, do you think that they would just they could get away with it? Well, do you think that they would roll with that? Like, do you think that they would just? I don't like, know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it is kind of a liability, you know, especially if at the end, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a random 24/7 title type of thing, and at the end of the day, it's still all planned. So R2 still knows who's going to pin him at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you know, so, so if a fan comes out into the crowd, you know, it, it may not it may not go over so well. Some people, um, you know, may not exactly know, you know, what's coming and, and, and our, our truth may be taken off guard and somebody might get hurt. And that's not, you know, that's, that's true. And that wouldn't be cool. That wouldn't be cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I can't. Still no, uh, still nothing here from our third guest. All right. Well, they they confirmed, so that's hopefully, uh, you know. Um, did Did you give them the? Uh, did you give them the right? Um, yeah. Right uh, yep. times and stuff. Yep. Yep. I know that uh, she was going to be in the studio at the. Uh, at this time, you know, she's in California, so uh, they, there might be a little tie up there. So, you know, I understand that, you know. All right, all right. Works for me. Works for me. Works. Anywho. 
So how was uh, everybody's weekend? It was good. It was it was successful. It was a successful weekend overall. I think it was it was fun times. I I got a uh I got a DJ. I, I I'm DJing a wedding next week. So I uh I'm gonna be that so that's gonna be pretty fun. But but uh, other than that though, I mean my weekends have, have been, you know, pretty chill. And, and you know that that's always that's always fun. So, um, but I kind of how how are those how are those bison doing? Uh, well, we beat uh, Delaware this weekend, so uh, we're still we're undefeated, three and zero. Oh. And uh, we'll uh, we got to play UC Davis this weekend, so it should be another victory. I mean, we're not overlooking anybody, but it should be another victory. Ah. Uh. Now uh, Delaware, isn't that where, where Joe Flacco went? Yep, yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, Mister Mister Flacco. Um, what was the uh, what was the score of that game? Uh, let's see, what was it? Uh... And, and I got it right here, forty-seven twenty-two. So. It wasn't a, I don't know, I mean, they beat them handedly, but it wasn't like a total, total blowout, I guess. But, I mean, I, you know, they, they did beat them pretty handedly, so. Yeah, it's, well, it started out, they had the lead 2 to nothing. they blocked our, our opening punt. Oh, wow. And that Delaware fighting off, so. blue hens. You know. Well, you got coming up next, you got UC Davis. I'm not quite sure, you know, how they are in football, but. I mean, I'm just looking at this schedule here, and based on what I know from North Dakota State, one from ESPN uh, and two from you, Icon, um, I don't really see a team on the schedule that can beat them. I mean, UC Davis, Illinois State, Northern Iowa, Missouri State, South Dakota State, Youngstown State, Western Illinois, South Dakota, and North Dakota, uh, Southern Illinois. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see a team that. They, well, they, 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 they might have to. They might run the table here again. I, I thought Delaware might well, might South have the upset bid, but I don't know. Well, South Dakota State is going to be our toughest competition, I would say. Mm. The Jackrabbits. Uh, but you know, South Dakota, South Dakota just lost this weekend to, to Western Baptist. They lost fifty three fifty two. As you can tell, there's a lot of defense in that game. Hmm. Yeah, and I was being true. sarcastic. I, I know. I I just caught that. <laughs> so um, I don't know if I if I should just try calling the number I have for our guest and see um, if I can get a hold of her. Um, if not, we'll just yeah, I mean, get you on. Get, but yeah, give it a shot. Why not? Uh, all right. So uh, if I have to drop off, just uh, be ready to put me back on in case she calls. All right. Mhm. Okay, one second. Yeah, so uh Granny, what did you have uh Moose Lodge stuff to do this weekend or Yeah, I was actually we had a luau party Saturday night and I had to work the door for the dance both nights and we had let's see, there was a hundred and fourteen people at our dance last night. 
No, I wasn't a bouncer. I sell tickets. You said work the door. That, I take, that, yeah, I think a bouncer. Yeah, well, no, I take money for the dance. Of course, we had the luau Saturday night, so everybody had bought their tickets in advance. So I just basically had to hand out a door ticket and tear their luau ticket in half because we had some really good, we had some Kahlua pork and baked beans and coleslaw and lots of fruit and so we had good times this weekend. Was there we punch? Had 100, uh, well, we, they served my ties for a dollar. Ah. So they ran out. So, ah. Did you have any? Yeah, and we had, I had one Mai Tai. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, guys. And we uh, had a, I do have the guests on hold. we got to go through this. We're going to do it right now. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the reason why Roadhouse was the big box office success that it was. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the hottest actress in the history of Hollywood. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Julie Michaels. Hey, this is Julie Michaels. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. That's awesome. awesome. Uh, Julie Michaels is our guest here. We've got 30 minutes uh, here with Julie, so uh, we're going to get into this. I'm going to ask you a few questions, then we'll kind of go around the room, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get into this. First question I have, uh, you were on set with Terry Funk. What's it like hanging out with uh, Terry Funk? Uh, it's kind of like hanging out with Sam Elliott, like two of the coolest dudes on the planet. Terry is a sweetheart. He's um, he's a love. I'd do anything for him. I could call him at any time, and uh, he'd be right there. Um, you know, he, he's a really fabulous person who's done a lot of really neat things, and he's got a heart the size of Texas. Can you hook us up with him? Uh, yeah, sure. All right, I would appreciate that. And uh, of course, when I was uh, when I was a kid watching movie Roadhouse. Uh, I wanted to hook okay, up with you, you as well. Wow, when I was a kid, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you realize that makes me old, right? Well, you're you're beautiful no matter what age you're in. I, But, oh. you know, well, anyway, uh, now. I, I wasn't I'm born gonna, yet when it came out. Wow, there we go. Well, 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 well Big Swing, that's your problem. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to ask you a question. Uh, we we took a vote on who was going to ask a question about this scene, and I won. So, and I'm actually proud I won. So, we'll kind of go over this, and then we'll we'll go in. We'll have the other guys ask a question, and we'll come back to me. Now, the most famous scene in that film was uh, after they blew up Red's uh, store. Uh, you were in the bar, and uh, you did a uh, a dance. Um, with hardly anything on but a hat. Uh, I want to know, how many different takes did that take? Um, It really didn't take a lot um, because it was a traveling shot and I don't mean to get technical but um, so there you know there was a lot to it but not like multiple takes of each thing because it, it was a travel up it was getting on stage it was getting um, getting behind um, our um, our singer and then dancing to the strip part and then going off so it didn't really take um, a lot of takes because um, well I 
I kind of like to do it in one. It's more spontaneous. Um, but the fun part about all of that is that everybody was really cool about it. You know, I was very young and, and a little on the nervous side, but, but um, you know, they made me feel so comfortable that it was just, hey, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun, and, uh, and that's exactly what we had. Now, when you were, when you were doing that take and, and when you were doing that scene, now, did they clear the set? And, uh, you know, they didn't have a lot of people on set, right? They always do a clear set, for sure. But anybody that's going to be in the shot needs to be in the shot. And it, it was interesting because I think right before we did it, I basically said, you know, if you you all will just, um, you know, just bear with me and hang with me and, and help me out here. We'll make this really great. And everybody was really great. Even the extras, they were like, we got you, honey. It's all right. We got you. Um, and what a lot of people don't know is that uh, the night before we shot this, my fiancé committed suicide. So it was a really trying time for me, and uh, Rowdy Harrington, our director, said to me, if you could do this, you are truly an actress. And uh, and I took that as a challenge, and I did it. And, you know, I, I will admit, uh, I saw, I believe I saw the picture when I, it was an already picture. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit this. I saw it when I was 15. So uh, I've had a crush on you ever since then, but that's mm-hmm. something we can talk about later. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, kind of go around the room, then we'll come back to me. Grady, what do you got for our guest here? Julie Michaels, we have uh, uh, the hottest celebrity ever on this show. we got 26 minutes left. What do you got, Grady? Well, hello, Julie. I, I loved Roadhouse. Roadhouse has always been one of my favorite movies. I graduated from high school in 1980, so I would have been probably – in my late 20s, you know, when Roadhouse came out. But I've always been a big Patrick Swayze fan and Sam Elliott. I'm a huge Sam Elliott fan. I love Sam Elliott. He's one of my my favorite actors. What was it like to be in such a great movie with some great talent like that? I mean, that just had to be amazing. First of all, thank you as a a woman and having another woman have um, an admiration for that. It's great to me. I get, I get, I would have to say most of my family is from women asking for advice about training, getting your body in shape. Um, you know, what does it take? What's it like in Hollywood? Do you have any advice? And I take that as a, a really big compliment. Um, uh, but what, what it was just, it was uh, like a fantasy uh, because virtually I was an unknown. Um, I auditioned at several auditions and screen takes and uh, our screen tests, and, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, it's you, and I'm in the middle of this environment going, wow. Now I'd always been a performer, and uh, and, and it felt very natural to me, but um, very few people get breaks like that, and it was pretty phenomenal. And the greatest thing about it is between Patrick and his wife and Sam, they were really elegant about, you know, I'm the new kid on the block, I'm real young, and kind of taking care of me. And it's one part of Hollywood that a lot of people don't see is that generally people all come together like a family unit. And um, and then we're allowed to, you know, really that confidence gives us the ability to really perform. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I've seen it numerous times, but that is one movie that I never get tired of watching. I love Roadhouse. Aww. I mean, it's always been, always been one of my favorites. So you you were oh, absolutely you. amazing in that movie. 
a lot of people claim that that is like uh, the golden uh, the golden age of movies. I mean, if you look at a lot of the the classic movies that you know people still look at today, uh, you know, Roadhouse being one of them. Uh, you know, the whole Dirty Dancing thing. Um, you know, that just just that whole time period just had so many good movies in it. I mean, when Harry Met Sally, Indiana Jones movies. You know, I, I mean, just uh, Back to the Future was the same year, 89. It, you know, the, the Lethal Weapon series. It was just that whole stretch of time. It was kind of, you're uh, right. It was, it was really kind of a golden age. Yeah, and, and, and really I was. think it's, above, huh? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was off. just going to say that this, that this is really um, the brilliance of Joel Silver because that's what Joel, Joel Silver really had in mind for this is that it would be back um, – like the age of the the great strong westerns, the real black hat, the real white hat, and he was pretty much brilliant in what he saw in what Roadhouse could be. And you know, Roadhouse is one of those movies where you know it, it's quotable. I mean, I mean, you know, it has those those quotable lines and it has the memorable lines. But I mean, when you're looking at you know, I'm going through. I'm kind of a movie buff, so I mean, I'm I'm going through some of these and I'm looking at 1989 release movies and there's you know. 12 or 13 on here that are, you know, timeless classics, uh, you know, and one of them being Ghostbusters, or at least the second one anyway, Back to the Future 2, you know, the uh, one of the old Batman, that, that, um, uh, well, not Nicolas Cage, Jack Nicholson, the Jack Nicholson Batman, uh, you know, when Harry met Sally, some of those, and I think out of all of these movies, if you're, if you're a movie fan, I think out of all these movies, uh, the average run-of-the-mill person who who's not a movie buff, you, you say Roadhouse, that's the name out of all of these that they're going to remember. And that's just a big franchise, like Back to the Future or something. But, I mean, I, I think if, if, if just any anybody would know the name Roadhouse uh, just because of, of, of what it meant to, to, the, to the country and the movie world at the time. So, um, But, I mean, I guess what was it like uh, working with, with Swayze, though? I mean, was that was that pretty cool? Well, I did. I did Point Break with him right after that, and um, I had to do a, mm. a fight scene with Keanu Reeves in that that was pretty graphic. And mm. uh, in fact, I, the New York Times dubbing the the nude babe who nuked Keanu Reeves. Um, and, and the thing that I I got from Buddy was that he was very quiet and he's he was very to himself and he he wasn't flamboyant he wanted to do the work he wanted to do the work well he was there to help you whatever he needed to do um but he was really you know a consummate professional like every single thing meant something he never took anything lightly and uh when i saw him at rehearsals for point break he looked at me and he goes how'd i get that lucky meaning you know i, I was with him again i was like don't ask me man <laughs> <laughs> they want me to fight naked. I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> no, <But laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, but in the in the movie Point Break, now you were the one. Uh, were you the, the one that out of Keanu Reeves naked? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You put him through the the mirror, right? Yep. He smashed his head through the mirror. Wow. I mean, that that's why I didn't ask you out because I might get my head <laughs> through the mirror. I got it. Okay, so continue. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. 
Uh, yeah, so it, it, it was a great experience for me to work with him a different level because Roadhouse was completely different than Point Break was, and I got to see a different side to him. But still that very athletic, very that trained dancer, that trained performer who just really worked hard and, uh, and really wanted it always to be his best performance. And do you find it ironic that you were in two movies with Patrick Swayze and you were nude in both of them? Um, no, you know what? I work hard to get that body like that, honey. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I I know that. I mean, you you look awesome. I mean, thank you. But my my question is, well, when you tried out for these parts and got these roles, did you know that you were going to have to do nude scenes, or is that something that came after you got the part? Oh no, gosh, you know ahead of time. Yeah, actually, in Point Break, I was originally cast in a different role, and then I got a phone call. Um, a few nights, I think, after I was cast, and the stunt coordinator who knew me as a fighter um, asked me to switch roles, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. That's completely naked. I don't want to do that. And he was like, you've got to help me out, honey. You're the only one that can do this. No stunt girl wants to double this girl naked. They all want you to do it, please. And it happened to be Glenn Wilder, who who is uh, you know, iconic as a stunt coordinator and you know, director, and I loved him dearly. And I begrudgingly said, oh, he goes, believe me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the scene everybody remembers. I go, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> so, um, but I did it for him, and I'm glad I did it. And he passed away recently, and I'm still really glad that I did it. Um, it took a lot of emotional uh, fortitude to be able to be in a room with him and fight like that. Um, and, and it's my job as an actor. You know, if if I'm not willing to be in that moment, I have no business even saying I'm an actor. Uh, Julia Michaels is our guest here. We've got 18 minutes here left, and I'm just enjoying this interview. I mean, uh, now I'm not just saying this because it's you, but <clears throat> my ego coming out here. i I, I got to ask these two questions. Uh, first off, now, uh, I had made you a couple collector's cards. What did you think of those? I, I made- emailed them to you. You made you emailed me Christmas cards. No collector's cards. I I, uh, I oh. they look like baseball cards. Did you get those? I don't think so. Okay, well, I'll I'll have to resend them to you. If you didn't uh, get them back, I didn't get them because I'm pretty okay. good with my fans and I never right. charge. Yeah, I, I yeah I emailed them to you, but I'll I'll have to resend them to you. Uh, and then when you are preparing for the roles and you know that you're going to be doing the nude scenes, uh. Did you have any, like, reservations about, is this what uh, everybody's going to remember me for, or was that a goal? No, it was neither. It was really neither. It was the the idea was to to do the best job I possibly could because I think I mm. think the public is really smart and they can tell when you're really honest in a performance and if you're really honest in it and you're not just I'm I'm faking it to get through it they they feel that they read that and I think it makes a big difference and for me with the striptease and Roadhouse it was really important for me to. Uh, to be in the moment and not thinking backwards, but really being in the moment. And then with uh, the fight scene with Keanu Reeves and Point Break, it was really important for me to be on point so that the scene went well. So I don't have any room for doubt, and I don't have any room for regret. If I do something, I do it 190%, and I'm willing to take what anybody says about it because I'm a true and honest person about my work. And there's also another scene in Roadhouse that, uh, you know, it actually kind of made me sad, kind of. Uh, there's a scene there. Uh, you uh, you were 
the scene before you're at the bar and you're kind of hitting on uh, uh, Patrick Swayze and uh, you, you said this really great line, which we can't really repeat because we're on the radio, but uh, then the next scene, he's at uh, Ben Gazaria's house, uh, Brad Westy's place, and you had a black eye. They never explained who gave you that. Well, I think you can figure that out, right? She was, was a kept, she was a kept woman, and it's it's kind of pretty clear cut who did it. Right, exactly. They, they, I, I just wonder why they never explained it. But our, I guess the audience is supposed to know that. I guess. I think the thing was, uh, and I'm just guessing that this, you know, this day I don't even really remember, except for the fact that it was it was really to temper her down. And the only way they could show that without adding you know, way more, they already had to edit the film back to make it our timeline, was to have something in there that would make people go, oh, I get it why she's backing down. Because I know there were, at least at some point we were actually had talk about me being the one that was actually going to kill Ben Gazzara in the end. And I wanted to do it. I thought that would have been really great. It didn't come to fruition, but that was the the... I think the mindset at the time was to have something that would make the audience go, well, this is why she's backing down. Because she definitely was interested in Patrick's character, um, but knew she'd probably end up dead like the rest of them. That's that's awesome. I like that. We have Julie Michaels here. Uh, we have uh, uh, 15 minutes left. So, you know, you mentioned that uh, you're on a movie set now uh, with your daughter, uh are you are you able to talk about that at all a little bit? Tell us what you're um, doing. I can now. just yeah, I can just tell you she's reoccurring on a show uh, named oh, Marvel, um, for Amazon. Oh, and are you, are you going to be making a guest appearance? Um, no, no, I don't step in front of her right now. This is her her little lovely glory. She was in the season finale last season, season five, and season six. Um, retracts the steps on uh, how she was murdered. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. do you uh, do you have any uh, do you have any projects coming up that you want to talk about that uh, we we might be looking forward to seeing your uh, beautiful face in again? Yeah, it's a project I well, I can't really tell you about, but it's uh, it's me as a lead character, not unlike uh, John Wick, and uh, she's a contract killer that is in retirement, but decides for different reasons to come back and and take out those that have um, have done her wrong. It's going to be rocking awesome. And uh, do you have a time frame when that might be released? Uh, probably the beginning of 2021. 2021. Yeah. And uh, you're you're currently filming that now, but you, can't, you and I understand you can't give us. I'm getting ready to film. I'm training really hard right now. Like I got, I've been training to to get myself into the shape that I was in, and and uh, yeah, I'm wearing all my roadhouse clothes. It's awesome. Well, you know, I, and I'm not just saying this because it's you, but. Uh, I I know how beautiful you are, so I know it's not going to take you long to get back in that shape. Thanks. <laughs> I know you guys are you know big on the the wrestling stuff too. You realize that I I, I fought the Rock and Scorpion King, right? No, no. See, now I was going to circle that. You kind of stole my thunder, but uh, I was I was I was going to get to that. Uh, but as long as you brought <laughs> no, it up. You <laughs> no, we you got we know. got Julie Michaels. We got Julie Michaels here. We got 13 minutes. Now I want I want to talk about you kicking the rocks behind. Tell us about that. Well, first of all, he's one of the greatest guys I've ever met. What a great guy! I mean, it's just down to the the he's just salt of the earth. And it was awesome because he's <clears> huge, and I always seem to have to fight these huge guys. I mean, 
I fought um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Batman movie, too. It's like, oh, my gosh, why do I always get pinned up with these huge guys? I guess they know I can kick 6'6". Six, six. So, um, uh, yeah, so he's great. He's just absolutely, like, I have the most utmost respect. And I remember saying to him, because it was really young in his career, and I had been in for a little while, I was like, just, just stay ethical, stay grounded, stay ethical, you'll do really well. And he has, all, he has done that. So I'm, I'm super proud. And uh, what is what is he like on set? Is he the same as he is when we see him on film with the talking in the third person? And no. It doesn't matter no. what your name is. No, 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 no. No, it's like if if you listen to him talk and your eyes are closed, you would just think he's your neighbor next door who's been great friends with you and I'll take your trash out for you on Sundays. No, he's he's awesome. Great ethics, super great guy, well-loved in the business, he, and he deserves all his success for sure. That is awesome. So, and then I did Ready to Rumble too. Well, let's 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 talk about that. <laughs> now, Ready to Rumble. Uh, for those uh, for our fans listening, Ready to Rumble was a WCW uh, production uh, with Eric Bischoff, and you uh, were one of the uh, main uh, females in that movie. Uh, you got to work with David Arquette. And uh, a lot and of the little, wrestlers and little Scotty Khan, right? Scott Khan, who uh, what happened? Did he get cut off? Famous later in, yeah, he become famous. He would become. Uh, I can't even talk. I'm talking to Julie Michaels. Uh, <laughs> he would become famous in the movie Varsity Blues as Tweeter, uh, and now he's on Hawaii Five O. But uh, tell us, Granny, are you here? Was, uh, ready to rumble. Um, you know, the stunt coordinator called me and asked me if I wanted to come out and, and play, and of course I did, and it was great to see Scotty. Uh, the the funny behind the scenes is I actually babysitted Scotty once in Florida for his dad, and and now we're laughing about it. Um, it's just fun to see, you know, see the legacies grow up in the business, and I was happy to be there to support him. So you were James Conn's babysitter? Uh, well, I... I actually went out with him one time, and, and it wasn't really a big hit or whatever, but I loved his son. His son was darling, and then I ended up just uh, taking care of Scotty that day. So it was great. It worked out cool. That's just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so of all the of all the movies that you, you've been in and all the projects you've done, uh, with the you can't say Roadhouse because that would be too easy. What would you say has been your all-time favorite role that you played? Um, I, w- I would have to say SEAL Team. Uh, the, uh, the the pilot episode revolves around a woman who has been kidnapped, and the SEAL Team comes in to get her out. And for me, because I'm a military brat and because veterans are so important to me, um, it was truly uh, a, just a dream come true to play that role. She was a doctor behind borders that had gone in to, to help and ended up getting kidnapped, and they went in and risked their lives to get her out. And um, and it was really, for me, very moving, and then went on to be the stunt coordinator along with my husband on the series, and we were nominated this year for an Emmy for it, and it was the chance to be able to hire and put veterans to work on television is just the greatest gift I could ever have. Uh, now, your your husband is an actor too, isn't he? He has he has acted. He says I hate acting, but he's actually pretty darn good. Um, if you ever saw Weekend at Bernie's too, uh, he was the 
the big guy in the movie that fought Bernie when he was dead, and it's hysterical. Um, he's, he was also, um, he's done a, a lot of different stuff, and again, he says he doesn't like acting, but he, he's, uh, he's so handsome, and he does so well on screen, people really like him. No, I remember that scene, because uh, he was beating up Bernie when he was in the condo line. That's exactly, my gosh, you're, 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 I, you, hands down, you're the best interview I've ever had. Rock on, that's exactly right, yes. It's hysterical, too, because he says, so what, he can dance like a bench press a Buick. And, and he made that line up, and they loved it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know if you'd uh, be willing to answer this, but how long have you been married? 26 years this month. And you guys met on the, you guys met on the set, or? We met actually. We didn't meet on the set because at the time I was just <clears throat> acting. I was doing stunts, but we met at the rap party, and um, and yeah, he's the one that kind of convinced me t- to do action and fell madly in love with it. It was just so much fun. It had so much camaraderie and man, hanging off of helicopters and a miniskirt and go-go boots for Pamela Anderson was totally my gag. That was so much fun. Oh, so were you? So were you her stunt double then, or? Yep. Uh, yeah, I doubled her on Baywatch and then on uh, VIP. See now, now folks, now th- this is cool. Okay, we we have uh, we have uh, Julie Michaels here. Uh, we have we have seven minutes left. Now this is cool because she was a stunt double for Pam Anderson. Now we know where Pam Anderson got her good looks from. It's from Julie <laughs> Michaels, not from Pam Anderson. Well, oh, I, okay. I doubt that. He definitely kept me on my toes with getting keeping the body intact. That's for sure. I thought I, I, kind of, I thought you were going in a different direction with that, and I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> no, I, I, I respect Julie too much for that. I okay, that. I was gonna say uh, as soon as that started, I was like, oh no, he's not. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, don't be chicken. You can go there. I'm a big girl. Try me. I, I don't well, even know I, what he's talking about. <laughs> You, oh, you don't? No, when you talk about the no. Pamela Anderson thing uh, and being the stunt double for Pamela Anderson, I thought you were uh, talking about if, if, if you, know, you know, the tapes that came out, I thought perhaps, well, hey, were you also were a stunt double for, for, for that? And that that's what I thought you were you were going into. So. No, right. The closest thing I got to that is her husband at the time uh, smacked me on the, on the behind and walked past me and then turned around to realize it was me and went, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And that was the closest I got to any of that stuff. But that made me feel good because uh. he thought you really thought I was her in a, in a bikini, then that that was a good deal. But, yeah, babe, that's about the closest I got. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, it, okay. it's funny. That just, that just goes to prove that uh, Big Swing has a dirtier mind than me because I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, I, I mean, what, what, honestly, you know, though, Julie, but, well, here's, but here's the thing about Julie, though. She's known for Roadhouse. She's known for the Point Blank. She's known for those movies. Pamela Anderson, I mean, yes, Bay, Baywatch is a good show. Don't get me wrong. But Pamela Anderson is known for fake breasts and a, and a sex tape. That's really all she's that's really all she's done. That's all she's famous for. So, I, I mean, you know, it, it's it's like Julie's got so much on her in that regard just because of the movies and the level of movies that she's done. I mean, Pamela Anderson has done one successful TV show that only lasted a couple of seasons anyway. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. So, that's why. Julie's better. Well, uh, I, I really, I do appreciate that, but I really cared about her and wanted to help her, and, and it was just fun. There was so much 
great things to do, sliding cars and hanging from helicopters and um, wrestling Bengal tigers. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that and get paid? We got about uh, four minutes here. I got to do a couple eagle things here before uh, before we uh, I run out of time. Uh, if I were to email you an address, uh, do you think you'd be willing to send us some autographs for some giveaways for our big December show we got coming up? Absolutely. be happy to. Awesome. And then, you know, I'm kind of curious. You know, you mentioned being a stunt double, and, you know, and doing uh, a couple nude scenes. Let me ask you this, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer the question, but uh, what pays more, being a, uh, being a stunt double for somebody or posing nude? Uh, you, you know what? It for me, uh, I'm going to straight up say it's not about the money. It's about what I want to do. I, it, you know what? I I'm not motivated by money. I never have been. Never will be. I hope. It's about uh, how I feel about the part or, or the or the job to do. Um, the uh, the money will always come. Um, as a stunt double, we get something called stunt adjustments. So it's money on top of our daily rate, and that's always. Lovely, but if you know if you're negotiating a part uh, as an actress, you can negotiate higher too. So, um, but I have to tell you, I, I I'm nine times out of ten don't even talk to them about that. That's just the agent will do it. Uh, if I do a role, I want to do it because I want to do it. I want to give that to that producer, that director, and I want it to rock. I I'm not the kind of person that that does it for money. I w- I would do this stuff for free because it means that much to me because I want great product because I I really appreciate and feel very grateful to be in an industry that pays me health and pension and um and takes care of us. We have a a union that's so strong and and uh, is so um on point with its performers, and I get to come home every day. One day I've played a cop, and the next day I've played a prostitute, and, and another day a teacher or a mom. or You know, it's it's just the most amazing life that a person can have, and I am so freaking grateful for my fans who write. That's why I never charge. I never charge for a photo. I never charge for anything. I never do because they are the reason that I'm here. Um, and they're the reason that I, I get to continue to work. And uh, tonight, uh, would, uh, would would you say tonight is your favorite role, playing Icon's fantasy? <laughs> I'll take that for today for sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, real quick here, we've got about two minutes here left. If our fans wanted to check you out and uh, follow you, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a uh, Twitch, yep. you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? Yeah, okay. no, no good, no GoFundMe. You don't have to worry about GoFundMe. But Facebook page for sure. I have Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Julie, you've been awesome. And uh, if we haven't scared you way too much, and I also appreciate you're one of the few female guests that does not have a restraining order on me yet. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate awesome. everything that you do, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you on again. Uh, you know, before your your movie comes out, uh, and uh, we'd love to have you back on again, and we have more questions that we'd love to ask you. Thank you. Certainly appreciate your time. And I will definitely send you that address, and whatever you can send to us, we'd appreciate it. Copy that. Will do. Thanks, Julie. You have a wonderful night. Appreciate it. You're awesome. Thanks, love Julie. You. you too. Good night to all of y'all. Thank you so much. Awesome. Julie Michaels. Oh. I, I I forgot that. See, I'm so used to, um, like 
you know, cut, you know, hit, hitting the X button on the guest that I forgot she was on the line with him. So it cut them both off. Oh, oh well, there's about 40 seconds left anyway. So Julie Michaels ended off the show. Great show here tonight. Even better next week. We'll see you. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.